Dear listeners, welcome to another inspiring episode of Out of the Box Talks, where we bring you stories of remarkable individuals who are making profound impact in the world. Today, we have the privilege of introducing you to a visionary leader who has dedicated his life to bridging the digital divide and empowering communities in the most remote corners of the globe. Our guest today is none other than Osama Manzar, the founder of Digital Empowerment Foundation. With a mission that began in 2002, DEF has tirelessly worked towards bringing digital literacy and access to information to rural populations across 80 districts in 22 states of India, as well as in 10 other countries. In today's episode, we dive deeper into Mr. Manzar's journey, exploring the challenges he faced, the successes he has witnessed, and the invaluable lessons he has learned along the way we'll also gain insights into the strategies employed by DEF to stay at the forefront of digital advancement and adapt to the ever changing landscape join us as we embark on a captivating conversation with Osama Manzar Osama good morning welcome to out of the box talks with united way of chennai thank you so much for agreeing to speak with us i would actually ask a very personal question as we jump into this conversation i met you many many years ago at the usaid office if you remember in delhi in a very staid business avatar and then i met you earlier this year with this uh, turban and unique attire so what's with this rocking look Hey, Meenakshi, yeah, always pleasure to uh, talk to you and all the people who are listening. Uh, uh, this is a fraternity that uh, is always delightful to talk and delightful to uh, listen and hang out with. Um, uh, I I do remember that <laughs> when you reminded me where we had met. Uh, those were uh, early days of our digital empowerment foundation and also our developmental work. and uh, you know uh, over a period of time when you keep growing with a lot of learning in the development sector you you uh, you keep imbibing them uh, so many people uh, many social entrepreneurs or many other people uh, you know we somehow have this uh, knack that we are serving the society we are serving the people we are serving this i somehow have a very strong sense of learning that i keep learning from the society and community and uh, one of them is fashion also one of them is clothing also <laughs> one of them is uh, grassroots um, beauty and grassroots uh, of rugged uh, you know fashion sense so yeah i know i keep trying some of those things <laughs> but this is wonderful see i also wear a lot of indian attire in my work and i think that it's important to connect with the people but you you really rocket man this is very cool so so thank you for that thank you for being a fashion icon let not people say that people who work in social enterprises are boring and not fashionable <laughs> so you are a icon for that that's awesome but since we started at that point to sama where we you said that you were early in the days of your journey when we met all those years ago tell me from a media house to a social enterprise was there one incident or one event that caused you to change track so significantly i won't say one but there could be multiple 
but one trend that certainly affected me a lot is that uh, uh, like the learning process like when when i started in this entire journey i was an uh, initially an it journalist so i learned it from being a journalist in a in a in a in a, in a computer magazine or it magazine so i mean i could have easily gone and remain a journalist right but i i learned so much that i just got into the next step was to head the internet division of hindustan times so which was which was again so so from print media and it helped me to get into a dot com era and a new media also because everybody was going online online new media right so when i got into new media i learned so much about new media then i don't know somehow that helped me to become an entrepreneur and i started a software company to provide those as a solution so new media as a solution to the to the to the print media or to the to the to the media in general right so i don't know i had this virtue of transforming learning into offering the same thing as a skill you know uh, to to some more people and all that and not keep getting stuck maybe it is also because maybe i had this entrepreneurial uh, you know dna into my myself so and, and and like since it's out of the box talk i was saying that out of the box thinking was also always a part of me uh, all the time thinking that how it can become a, a, you know part of your life you know why out of the box should be only out of the box or out of the out of the menu you know it should be a daily life out of the box is your daily life you know whether you are talking or you know making food or wearing clothes or or talking to people or ideating out of the box is a great thing right so that that helped me and then but one moment one big event that really changed me is when i was writing my first book called internet economy of india i discussed a lot about i mean learned a lot about digital divide you know so again out of the box thinking hit me very hard that you know digital divide is a issue but who will solve the problem you know and uh, also uh, a, a very strong sense of understanding that information is the most important thing that decides people's life whether you are consuming it in a way that you should and whether it's reaching to you or not and so on and so forth whether you have the right information when you make life's important decisions right isn't it and 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 today also when we talk we really talk about whether the information has reached to the poorest of the poor or not whether they can use their biometric or not whether they can use their banking information or not whether they can you know uh, let the world know about the information that they can make the best basket or the or the doll which is hanging behind your head on your on your board is 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 made by somebody at a grassroots level how do you inform people that i am the best maker and you should buy it for me from me you know and and so on and so forth so information was the game and then i thought that digital cans really solve that problem the connectivity and all that and that's how i i i just exited my company and started from the bedroom digital empowerment foundation and the rest is history right it is wonderful history it's in very very uh, interesting to read history no doubt but i'm going to ask you two questions and you can choose to answer them in whichever order you like i'm going to say one i'm sure there have been significant successes so do you think india's ability to offer 
affordable data prices to people like you know obviously you go i go to visit my grandmother's village and there are people there with smartphones with a lot of bandwidth so the fact that bandwidth has become uh, data has become cheap for them do you think that has it's helped the situation to get better or do you think asymmetry continues to exist and there are significant challenges you can choose to answer this in whichever sequence you want but i'm just throwing you the thoughts as they come to my mind so data certainly india is one of the most uh, uh, you know uh, you know practical story for in the in the in the in the uh, you know mass commoditization of bandwidth and data and 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 those kind of things right um, uh, data is not only available in whatever way you want but it is also available in whatever price you want and 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 this i, I don't have to say that the, the 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 meteoric rise of the user of internet and data and mobile and uh, feature phone and computers and everything is a is a is a significant uh, you know uh, uh, sign of that. It is still not the number one top country who offers the cheapest data, not at all, but certainly one of the best countries where the data is available at at a low price. But I would also say that it is not about that how you retail the data or how you retail your petrol or diesel or how you retail your toll prices of moving on to the road or how do you retail out your health system or the education system it is also how do you make it available to the poorest of the poor the most vulnerable in a manner that they can have it um, in their language in their system in their level in their affordability in their ecosystem you know uh, it's something like saying that okay we have made the best road and the toll prices are very very low but there is still a population who may not be able to pay that toll price so for that have we made the good public access system right at a health level at education level at a finance level at a livelihood level at any the, the most basic things you know something like we we say that uh, you know every person has a right to food right and that's the reason you get a ration card and you go to have ration but the point is that when you go to ration you have to travel uh, travel several kilometers to get your ration right and when you go there it is subject to the biometric which is subject to the bandwidth which is subject to the non affordability of the person and if the biometric doesn't match then it is also a problem of non availability for the person so uh, data availability of data and bandwidth has to be sensitive to the ecosystem that's very very important you know for example uh, you know uh, uh, you live in Chennai, and and you 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 of course uh, who would be doing more than you? Uh, all of you travel into the slums and into the underserved community so much. You know, I have seen all your photos, your work, and all that. When you go there, I mean, is there a proper public access system for let's say talking to a doctor through video conferencing in that slum, or for that matter, the education which is available uh, there? Um, uh, which is easily available to the kids through the video conferencing to access any teacher in the world or the good teacher in the world or any virtual reality for learning anything. These are the things that are very, very important. Or am I, am I paying online 
uh, with lesser cost and not more cost, you know, we should not be punished for paying online or receiving online money uh, at, a, at, a, at a premium, you know, it's not a luxury. So it's very important that we always design the availability of data and bandwidth with a with a with a with the empathy and and, and 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 compassion of the people who are going to use it. So Sama, you said something very similar and very thought-provoking when you came to our event earlier this year. You talked about how we assume that communication or uh, the information that we put out for people in the interiors of the country need not be, we need not assume literacy or numeracy. We need to assume visual ability. We need to give them data that is uh, possible to, to absorb and uh, consume visually. Can you tell us a little bit more about how you have used this thinking to take information and empowerment into the community? So uh, again, I would say out of the out of the box uh, talk should provide out of the box thinking should provide out of the box context. So I always I always have thought that you know poor is not poor uh, because of the knowledge and information and uh, wisdom. It's uh, the poor is poor because of the economic access or the or the or the lack of money access or something like that, right? In terms of knowledge and wisdom and in terms of information, they are always rich, and that is very much strongly be, been in my head all the time. And and that has really made me to think that if that person has knowledge and wisdom, why should it be subject to a script or, or or written information or English or Hindi or any language which may be a, a language of choice for the haves, haves uh, and and the government and things like that, right? And and uh, and, and 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 by some of our act, we do um, behave that that language is important. For example, we go to Mesopotamia, we go to Harappa, we go to so many things, and it's not written in the language of practice, but it is written in the language that we do not pass a comment that you know we don't know and throw it away. We try to learn and then bring out wisdom out of. So when I go to a normal human being who may be speaking uh, some some colloquial Tamil, you know, and uh, which even the Chennai people cannot understand and forget about North Indians, they cannot understand at all. Why should that person's message and wisdom and knowledge should be subject to not knowing their Tamil, you know, or their uh, colloquial language or their, uh, you know, uh, Adivasi language or something like that, right? And therefore, oral capturing and oral and visual is very, very important. Symbols are important, you know. Uh, writing on the wall is important. Visual is important. Symbol is important. Voice is important. Video is important. And that comes to the bandwidth then that those kind of visualization, visual and images always want more bandwidth, right? Unfortunately, the more route that you go, it's something like you are saying the last mile road has to be the best. Then only you reach to that house which is at the last mile. You cannot make an expressway and highway and you go at the end to meet Meenakshi in that, in that lane in the last uh, house uh, should have a bottleneck, right? Um, uh, 
and and therefore the even the last load that goes to the people has to be very good in terms of its efficiency its quality and 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 reach and the same with band, bandwidth and same with data you know the data that goes to them should not only have a capacity to deliver the information but should have a capacity to capture the information also from them and that has been in my head for a very very long time so we also developed digital literacy toolkit without internet digital literacy toolkit uh, with a playing game in uh, with hands and uh, you know uh, and, and and legs and 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 your 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 offline and things like that and 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 i feel that is very important for us to bring in bottom up information and wisdom to the country so how does that work osama when you when the community has access to a digital information kit without internet then how is the information captured assimilated shared in the larger network no so i am talking about the learning process that is that is only for the learning process ultimate but that also creates a sense of understanding how you would understand internet and how would you use internet and how do you empower yourself but ultimately then you go to the ground and when you don't have a internet it also it, uh, you know puts a very strong value into you that when you capture internet take internet buy internet how would you use it you should not be a consumer only you should be a citizen you know it should be a producer it should be, you should be something someone would give away not only take you know uh, is 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 very very important and that reminds me to share with you that we also have an alternative model that we have developed for last mile connectivity also if, if let's say if we go to some village and they are not connected to the internet even at a 2g level or a 1g level how we can bring in internet to them without too much of a cost and without violating any law or or or, or a legal system that also we have done we have on hundreds of locations we have connected people with last mile connectivity which we we call it community networks where the community is trained how to connect and they are also trained how to take care of the connectivity wow wow can you tell us maybe an anecdote something from one of your travels or one of your experiences a story where a something like this made a difference to a community i, I think listeners love better than a story so there are many stories but i will share with you one story uh, there is this place called little run of kutch uh, mm. which is in gujarat and uh, the, the west of the country yes yes uh, opposite to the east coast to the west coast and uh, also uh, gujarat where little run of kutch is actually a desert it's a salt desert you know it's a wet uh, wet desert you know it's 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 uh, it's something like marakkanam uh, close to you you know uh, close to chennai and close to pondi where i live right uh, but uh, think about marakkanam as a, uh, as six months it becomes a desert and six months it becomes full of water right it doesn't happen here but there it happens like that the whole little run of kutch becomes desert 6 months and then another 4 5 months when the sea water comes in it becomes the water water everywhere and they they all, there are 5000 uh, agaria community agaria community agaria means the uh, the, the salt farmers they are the people who basically take out the salt from the from the ground and and the water uh, in that period 
Now, what happens is that they go and live there six months. So when they go and live there six months, they actually make a makeshift of their own house, the whole process of installing uh, their uh, spades and things like that. And they take out uh, water and process salt and all that. And when they go there for six months, they also go there with their family, right? And in this entire area of about hundreds of kilometers, uh, there is uh, no life, no connectivity, nothing. It's deserted. And they're also in the border area because after that there is Pakistan and all that, right? And in that desert, there was no internet and children are without any source of studying or, or, or uh, you know, uh, exposure to any education system. And it was informed to us. And then we went there and uh, built an internet for those people. Uh, and how did we do the internet? <laughs> it's very funny. You know, on the periphery, there was there used to be a police station uh, who had a natural tower there because they were receiving internet. But after that, in the desert, there was no uh, internet. So what we created is that we created about 10 to 15 point of access in the desert, right? In the desert, but not really installed any receiving point. We put the antenna on a on a omni van. And we made the Omni van keep moving from one place to the other place. So in one point of access, when you reach there and you put your dish antenna towards that police station, you will catch that link and get the internet from there to that guardian, that vehicle. And then under that vehicle, if you open the dicky, there is a big screen there with connected internet, right? And then we also have about five, ten tablets, which we distribute among the children. And they keep playing and accessing internet on an audiovisual manner and playing and having fun and all that. And those recordings are still there. <laughs> so, uh, you know, and then then after an hour or so, the guardi will move to the another point. Then put that dish antenna on the other direction to again catch the same internet from that police station. Then move to the other station. Then move to the other station. So you and then you do the same thing next day for other spots. Then you move the other day on another spots. So actually, no internet forever. But actually, there is a certain time in the vehicle. So when vehicle get there, children start dancing. You know, <laughs> I'm, I'm sure you know that. <laughs> how 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 would it feel uh, when when a connected internet with lots of tablets coming to their place and they are dancing and receiving and everybody taking the Photograph. So that is one great story. I have written it in my column also in Mint uh, about this one. And another most important internet or no internet and no radio, you know, how do they communicate originally? They keep mirror to them and reflect the mirror light towards the place where they know that their another community lives, right? And ring, seeing that reflection they understand that somebody is calling from that side and they take out their uh, unnumbered uh, motorcycle and move towards that direction to help them out or give them the food or whatever, whatever. Wow. Wow. Yeah. How beautiful a use of native intelligence, you know? Yes, yes. But I am visualizing, uh, Osama, I am visualizing the little run of Kachi students pictures. And I'm visualizing this Maruti Omni and I'm visualizing children running around it. It's such a beautiful imagination to have. What a lovely example you have shared with us. This is really, really beautiful. In fact, I will send you the link. You can also share in the link of the uh, small movie that we have made on that. 
Oh, lovely, lovely. We shall certainly do that. When we talk about this, we certainly share that. That's a lovely idea. So I'm just going to jump a little bit back and forth in the sequence of questions that Vinod has shared for me. I'm going to say, how do you keep thinking of new ideas like this? Technology evolves, but like you rightly said, the city may have 5G, but there are still places within the country which don't have 2G, leave alone 4G, you know. So how do you keep straddling both 5G and 2G, if I may put it crudely? And how do you make sure that DEF is looking at utilizing these advancements to make the maximum impact in the communities? So, you know, our focus and my strength is, and, uh, and, and by the way, for, your, for the listeners, you know, you must know that statistically in India, there are 39,000 villages, which is called telecom dark areas, and there is not a single connectivity available in those villages. There are still, uh, even in this era, there are 39 villages in India where there is no connectivity, no G. <laughs> right? No G. No G. No G. So, so no connectivity at all. I'm. This is just for the record. I'm saying. But coming back to oh, how do we think? Actually, you know what? We always think internet for a cause. Internet for a purpose. We never think that okay, internet is is uh, uh, availability is the most important thing and it must be available. We don't think that way. We don't think that computer agya market me therefore you have to buy it. You know, we don't think that computer, you know, mobile is there, you must buy it. There should be a purpose. And that that purpose actually drives us to create out-of-the-box thinking, to create ideas. For example, the latest idea that we are working on is, and in Tamil Nadu, by the way, is that we are making geographical indication, GI as a hotspot. For using the cause of marketing that GI as a hotspot for tourism, hotspot for identity of that location to world to know, and also safeguard the GI because GI means you have it is like an IP, it is like a copyright. For example, Kanchipuram Sari is a GI. Right? For example, the Toda community's embroidery is a GI. For example, Salem fabric is a GI. Then Patamadai uh, mats is a GI. So now in the next few months, you will see that DEF is establishing a huge amount of concentration in Patamadai mat area, Salem fabric area, and Toda community's embroidery area to let the world know that it is a place of tourism, it is a place of visit, it is a place of knowledge and wisdom, it is it is a place of, of information. It is a place of product that you should aspire to have and visit. And that will create local economy and empower that community who make those GI products. And also let the world know that you cannot cheat that GI. You know, you cannot sell, let's say, some uh, North Indian sari and say that it's made in Salem. You know, you cannot say that, uh, you know, it's a it's a chatai from somewhere else and you say that it's a Patamadai chatai. No. It, it so how would to... we do that? How would you do that? It would have a geo, like a time stamp, a geo stamp, is it? So that's the idea that we're trying to put in, that how do we ensure that what you are buying is exactly the GI location-based product, you know, uh, or the wisdom or the information or something like that, and it is not violated. Maybe something like when we buy the 
farm eggs uh, they put a radium kind of some sticker which says that you know that it's original egg from the farm uh, of of uh, you know uh, open range uh, bird or something like that we will do something you know we will try to do something but what i'm saying is that what is it i mean who think we have 485 gi locations in the country you know that also tells us jharkhand has just one why should jharkhand should have only one gi it is it is a place of adivasis and the things so it will also increase the number of gi creation in various location plus it will also create an uh, an uh, more like a uh, more awareness among the user that I am I using this GI original because GI is protected, you know, GI always yes. is protected. Again, that is in so information asymmetry, right? The fact that awareness about these handicrafts, awareness about these products, the processes from certain areas is much more than others. Absolutely, absolutely, absolutely. And also more powerful, you know, also more powerful. The, and, and, and in this entire exercise, who gets attention? The local people, the producer, their community, their geography, their art, their wisdom, their work. And that should be the attraction of the, of the uh, place. And that will create more economics. So, uh, you know, so th this is how we, we keep on ideating. And for example, we are ideating one more area. We are converting big spaces into, digital, in, into a museum of digital society. By, by, by giving people to a learning process by walk through a place, through our project. Like I said to you about this story, how would be nice that when you, try, when you go to a room and you, or in audio, you can hear this, uh, you know, this is not only a museum, it will also let you know how to work in the society, you know, community with these kind of things. And another idea, we just started digital fellowship program, which is called Digital Swaraj Fellowship. Why? Because we realize that when you work in the community, there is no institution you give training how to use digital to work with the communities. You know, there is no institution that gives you this kind of MA, BA or PhD or MPhil. No. So uh, we have started a fellowship which actually, uh, you know, uh, trains you on the ground how to work with communities in using digital as a tool, digital as a communication system, digital as an idea, digital as a connectivity, digital as an infrastructure, digital as a thought process, digital as an advocacy tool, and so on and so forth. So, uh, so from next year, you can start hiring people from us who are digital Swaraj fellows who know all the building blocks of this. Oh, absolutely. In fact, you preempted our next question. I was going to ask you, how do you plan to take this to a light, uh, wider swathe of people? And I'm hearing you obviously say that this is a way to develop fellows or uh, people who will go out and uh, teach this in the community. But can you share with us what the average person could do in terms of, uh, is there something like my team could do, for instance, or the average NGO could do in terms of, uh, along with our work, because see, we take a lot of this for granted. We take it for granted when we propose to the corporation that we will do online classes for the children in the community. We take it for granted that their parents have smartphones, which they will have access to, and the mother will know how to read the lessons. Is there some way in which we can sensitize a larger number of common people about this information asymmetry and what you are doing to reduce this asymmetry? 
so i think we need to uh, we need to actually uh, bring an example and talk more about it uh, show more about the uh, to the people uh, about this one and uh, travel more to the community uh, partners more and create more so for example let's say you and your organization are very much concentrated in chennai municipality let's i mean the whole uh, uh, you know the, the 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 headquarter area of let's say tamil nadu uh, but but let's say and within that there are hundreds of communities you know even if you want to in your lifetime to cover all the underserved community of chennai it will it will take a lifetime right but then you can create a fellowship of one fellow from each community you know who can work with you to see how are you working with digital things and you can rope in people like us or somebody to create that you know so then you will have like you know one person taking responsibility of out of the box thinking of digital inclusion in that community right this is more from the community perspective but on the other side let's say you go to clubs let's say you go to uh, you know um, uh, various kind of community which is like haves you know have community you know and who would actually take decisions and all that then then i think one should keep on organizing workshop orientation and things like that the biggest problem is that the people who make policies have no idea that they can solve problem in much cheaper way using digital than anything else because we come from the same school of thought which you know uh, you know same mba same thought process which doesn't relate to life problems you know and i'll give you one example about 35% of our teachers do not go to school in rural areas right but we are still struggling what to plan i told the ministry of education and many people why don't you make it mandatory for all the teachers to send a attendance with a local uh, with their location on whatsapp as an attendance that means you have gone to that place no money investment just one uh, order just one order but they don't want to do it and the live location of attendance ha huh. send the live location of your uh, of your school that you are present in the school that's your attendance as well as confirmation that you are in the school uske baad bhi tum nahi padha rahe ho that will be the second layer of problem but at the moment you are not even going to the school right correct this is not a technological technological solution this is out of the box thinking policy solution it is it is not a technological solution people will say that you know oh wow whatsapp is so good that we are marking attendance no it was just a communication tool which was available which we which as an idiot we didn't use it you know uh, <laughs> for marking my attendance if you can if you can send to your location to your daughter and you, you can ask your daughter to send your location why don't you send the location <laughs> for your attendance that you are present with your children similarly we also complain that there is a lot of girls dropouts right huge dropouts of girls as soon as they reach the age of puberty right because of the menstruation cycle starts and things like that and there is not adequate working toilets available very simple solution put a gps with camera saying that the this is cleaned every day and send a photograph why are you wanting so much simple visual uh, it's more like a visual proof that the toilet is working water is coming by sharing ge geolocation but don't keep the camera on all the time because it is next to the toilet because that's a surveillance also but just once in a day you just send that the toilet is clean 
and you will see that it will directly affect the attendance of the children. It's not an education solution. It is a logistical solution to the educational common, problem. The common sense solution. Yeah, it's a common sense solution. And it's also a technological solution where you use the technology and not get used by the technology. You know? <laughs> so, the nice one. Yeah. Okay, I have to ask you a mandatory COVID question. You have started traveling again. Do you think at least using technology, using smartphones, do you think life is slowly coming back to normal in the rural areas? in our in our smaller towns or do you still think they are experiencing the lasting debilitating effects of the pandemic so the effect of pandemic is continuing there is no yeah. doubt about it it is just that the human nature that when you are not blocked when your liberty is not uh, questioned when you are moving around it doesn't look like that you are suffering you know that's the only difference that has happened. We certainly have lost a lot of job. We certainly have lost a lot of assets. We have certainly used all uh, saved assets into maintaining and managing ourselves in the COVID time. So there are multi-layer problems that, that was created by COVID. Uh, the whole migrants going back to the village and then again realizing that there is no job within the village and they have to go back again uh, against their will. Um, uh, is 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 not that hundred percent transferred. You know, it's not like all hundred people went to village and all hundred have got a job and they all have gone back to Chennai, right? To work. Not. It's not the situation like that. And then, uh, and then uh, there is a lack of availability in general of a larger level of jobs. You know, uh, that's also one. The one big thing that has happened is. One big thing that has happened because of the COVID, which is transforming something positive, is that there is now a great sense of acceptance that people can work from anywhere. If it is not a hand work, it is not a leg work, it is not a, uh, and if the work is related to information, knowledge, uh, which is actually can travel on its own and you don't need to travel with it. It certainly has created a huge amount of, and this is very big, I'm saying, which is not realized, but gradually it will be realized that imagine several people like Vinod and you and all moving to, let's say, Trivalur and working from there in Chennai, you know. So uh, moving away to work from different areas will bring the economy in that small little area because when you are going there, you are hiding a place, you are, you know, you are staying there. You are, you yourself is a hot spot of economy, right? For that village or something like it's something like Auroville is, an, is, a, is, a, is a huge economic, uh, you know, booster in Tamil Nadu in that area where Auroville is situated, you know, uh, in, in Vilipuram, right? Uh, so, uh, so that's those are the kind of things that are going to happen. There is going to be more merging of urban and rural. That's what I am seeing. Uh, and I said this in your talk also, and when I had come, is that uh, you know this is this is something which slowly is happening, but it's certainly going to happen a lot. This is also uh, one phenomena uh, has happened is that since. So-called whatever educated people went back to village because of the COVID. 
they certainly are more connected and they also know the perspective of being connected. They started sharing information of local area. So that means the wisdom and the work and the production and the war uh, and the and the and the products that come out of the village is now going to be more visible. Uh, there would be more tourism. There will be more uh, rural tourism. There will be more rural, uh, you know, concentration that will happen. So that is the phenomena which is slowly going to make a larger impact that I'm very excited about. But at the moment, we are certainly not fully converted into back into the work for that uh, matter. And not certainly at the scale that we were operating before COVID. Um, and I, I don't think we should be surprised about that one because if, if it was a pandemic which affected the whole world, obviously yeah. there would be some side effects. You know, I would say that we Indians have taken it much better than many other countries would have taken it. Also because of our dependency on the grassroots level of economy, you know, our back end of economy of MSME, which is the micro and nano entrepreneurs is so strong, so strong is that we, it always saves us from all financial slow down all over the world and that we must be constant uh, you know conscious about yes yes thank you for that uh, shout out because i think they are perhaps the least recognized least saluted backbone of the economy yes. the one yes yeah 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 so you have actually brought us to a very nice point in the conversation uh, osama i want to ask you what is your own goal your plan on a day that there will be no 39,000 zero G spots in India. What does Sama plan to do? No, so as you know that we don't only do the connectivity, we don't only uh, bother about uh, the connectivity and access and internet as an efficient solution to the poverty problem, but we also uh, concentrate about the meaningful. Uh, I don't know whether I have talked to you uh, that 20 years back when we had started, our only problem was that everybody should be connected and uh, connected in such a way that we should be able to contribute, right? Uh, uh, but gradually we realized that there is another level of problem that is coming up is over-connectivity, you know, uh, <laughs> and uh, too much of information and and fake news, misinformation, hate speech, online trolling, you know, so like the way uh, the world is not fully safe on the ground, uh, even the online space is not fully safe off the ground, right? Uh, and therefore, uh, even if we cherish that uh, India, uh, when 2000, uh, I was writing a story uh, of my uh, time in 1998, uh, there was 8 million uh, connectivity and now we have, according to the government, more than 800 million, they say even more than 1 billion, but I talk more about the meaningful connectivity. The meaningful connectivity is still not more, uh, you know, more than 50% 50, 50 of the population. So what I'm actually trying to say is that on one side, we have to make a meaningful connectivity, but on the other side, we also have to safeguard our sanity our peace, our uh, usefulness in the new world order, in the, in the, in the, in the new uh, virtual space, okay. let's say, you know, we need to make our virtue. If virtual is real, then we have to make it safe. If uh, before the real becomes virtual, uh, because it is not safe. <laughs> so, uh, so those are the things that is very important that we need to look at. 
So as you can see that our task is not done yet. <laughs> we'll continue to uh, bother ourselves and bother all our friends to keep on making the new space safe and meaningful for everyone. That's a lovely hope to have for the people, for the world at large and for the people that you work for. Osama, uh, thank you so much. I want to say that uh, you have straddled so many topics and brought it down so beautifully to the point that we want to work for the safety and sanity and peace for everybody that accesses both the real and the virtual worlds. Thank you so much. At United Way of Chennai, we continue to watch all your wonderful uh, stories. Please do share that link with us as well. And we hope to see you on your next trip to Chennai and we hope to stay connected. And I hope to also interact with digital fellows as in when they complete our program. Thank you so much for speaking to us today. Thank you so much. Thank you very much for inviting me. And my last word is that like the way you are very generously inviting me to your community, I would like to also invite you and your team to Pondicherry to come and be my guest, you know, here. And we will be very happy to host you people, take you around, show some of the work that we are doing in this part of the world because, you know, there is, I mean, in Tamil Nadu also, we have done something in Pondicherry, we have done something, but Pondicherry is always a tourist destination. So why don't you next time you also pull, uh, you know, put together all of you together, take a bus and come here and we'll be very happy to host you. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. We know this just going to go and communicate this to the team now. <laughs> so you can be sure that we will take it up. Thank you, Osama. Have a lovely day. Thank you. Bye-bye. Thanks. Bye. As with all good things, this conversation too must come to an end. We hope you have enjoyed hearing about the incredible work of Osama Manzur and BEF. Their unwavering commitment to bridging the digital divide and empowering rural communities serves as a shining example of what can be achieved when passion and innovation come together for social impact. To learn more about BEF and their transformative initiatives, visit their website at www.befindia.org. There, you will find a wealth of information about their project, success stories, and ways to get involved. If you are a corporate organization seeking meaningful CSR initiatives, we encourage you to consider collaborating with us. By reaching out to partnerships at the rate of unitedwaychennai.org, you can explore opportunities to make a lasting difference in the lives of underserved communities. And remember, if you have enjoyed this episode and want to stay informed about more inspiring conversations like this, be sure to follow Out of the Box Talks on your favorite podcasting platform. We bring you stories that challenge the status quo and offer fresh perspectives on making the world a better place. Thank you for joining us today. This is your host Vinod signing off. See you in the next episode. Bye.